they have this deep understanding and this deep empathy about the needs of our customers. And I think that's, that's this really crucial piece to what pre-sales professionals bring to product. Welcome to Pre-Sales Heroes by Vivin. I'm your host and pre-sales evangelist, Perry Bronson. Today's topic is about how product teams build better software with pre-sales inputs. And my guest is Russell Woodham, also my business partner from the product team here at Vivin. Russell is an expert in data science as well. And we're going to be discussing how pre-sales and product work together effectively to keep our customers overjoyed and to hold our ground as the leader in the category that we're creating in this market. We're also going to get into a bit of what's coming next in our flagship product, Hero by Vivin, to help pre-sales and product teams collaborate and share information. So with that long-winded introduction, Russell, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Perry. How are you? I'm doing well. Yes, it is St. Patrick's Day. I'm looking forward to getting this podcast out in the next day or so, adapting to the time change. And yeah, I'm just really excited to be chatting with you. I, I don't have my corned beef and hash ready to go, though. That's going to be a real challenge this evening to figure out what's for dinner. Uh, it's This is new news to me. It's St. Patrick's Day today. Uh, but Nonetheless, excited excited to talk about our product um, and the interlocked it has with pre-sales. It's a really exciting category. I agree. So happy to have you. And we like to kick these uh, episodes off by talking about your, well, we say hero origin story. You're a hero, absolutely. You're not a pre-sales hero per se, but do tell me, how did you get involved with pre-sales? What brought you here to Vivin? Yeah. My, my journey did not start in pre-sales, as you're saying. I, I actually spent the last 10 years or so in software development in the financial services industry, uh, the first five of which were with Fidelity Investments, and then most recently with a large New York City hedge fund called Bridgewater Associates. And most of my background was in product development in data-intensive spaces. And so... In Bridgewater, of course, that was financial markets and uh, data around how particular people were performing and the associated components of that uh, as they added up to sort of the picture of people and how we talk about that. And that, uh, that introduced me to a lot of really interesting people in that sort of environment, including our chief data scientist at Vivin, Joseph Miller, who was my manager for a period while I was with Bridgewater. Um, and as he came over and was telling me these exciting things about this startup he was working working uh, for and was co-founding to come over and join him about four months ago over here at Vivin to help build out the product that we have. Joe's just quite the champion. He, he actually was featured in a fireside chat with us recently and just a wonderful, wonderful person to work with. I can imagine why you followed him here. He has, he has a lot of passion for really anything he gets involved with. It's actually interesting because right through time, he has both been a PhD, done cancer research, then gone to work for a financial firm, and now is working over, uh, of course, in the space of pre-sales and the technology around that. And so the thing is fasting, of course, is the domains keep changing, uh, but the passion and sort of energy and the techniques and, and different approaches that uh, he brings the problems we're able to adapt and evolve 
in a way that makes them applicable to the different areas, which is a, which is a fun skill uh, and a cool ability to be able to bring, bring to the problems. Absolutely. Yeah, that application of data science to human behavior that you were doing at Bridgewater definitely seems like it applies in, in this space as well, although very different, I'm sure. And yeah, that leads me to my, my next question for you, Russell. How have you worked with pre-sales in the past? Had you had a lot of experience collaborating with this function or have you come to Vivin kind of learning really who is our audience and, and what they do? So a lot of a lot of my experience here has been a deep dive into pre-sales and it's I think actually pretty interesting Perry the exposure I've had before and how little recognition I may have had of the pre-sales professionals I was engaging with. Um, I was often on the buying end of this conversation previously in the roles I was in. In fact, in a, in a recent role or recent position at Bridgewater, we were in the process of, I think it was purchasing Tableau or a similar type of BI vendor at the time. And I'm sure there were some solutions consultants uh, on the phone with us. In fact, I remember a solutions architect who was trying to figure out the value as it applied to our organization and was trying to work through that process with us. Um, at the time, I had no recognition at all that this person who was part of that sales lifecycle was part of this pre-sales community. Although I think the thing that stood out as part of that process was, right, there's the such different levels of people who are engaged on that on the other side. Um, and the person who actually understood what our technical needs were, uh, how the value of, say, that product could be realized within uh, the company I was working for, you know, that was this, that was, I think, these pre-sales professionals. And so it's been so cool to then truly deep dive into the into this area since I've been with Vivin and be able to understand that in a much deeper way and all the ways that they influence and have such a unique vantage point into the overall life cycle of deals. Um, and this this ability they have to see sort of that technical consciousness, right, as we talk about it, of what uh, what the customer may need and how that's that's potentially different than some of the other personas who are involved in the process. Yeah, I, I think it really highlights the need that is still there for market education. And I'm, I'm so glad that we've made you a believer in pre-sales. It's a real function. It's important. And you know, you were obviously convinced enough to come here and uh, build software for this very important group. Yeah, I, mean, I have a bit of a different experience, of course. Uh, I, I did work in pre-sales, and that's that's really what drew me to come to Vivid. Obviously, our, our founding team is just incredibly inspiring as well, and having some connections there helped. But yeah, just having been on the other side of the coin and wanting people to know who we are, what we do, and wanting a solution to help us be better. It's just really exciting to, to be here. Wanted to ask from your perspective, I mean, it sounds like in your past working in product and FinServe, you didn't really interface with pre-sales, weren't even really sure what they did. You know, obviously this is really different at Vivid. And from your perspective, what what does the pre-sales and product collaboration look like? What what do we do that is helping you in your work? That's actually been one of the great joys of working here so far is collaborating where that's with our CEO, uh, Matt Darrow, or our, our VP of pre-sales, Brett Crane, they have this deep understanding and this deep empathy about the needs of our customers. And I think that's, that's this really crucial piece to what pre-sales professionals bring to product uh, and the product side of an organization of 
a incredible empathy for what the customer actually needs and seeing both the real positives in that, the value that our products can bring to them, but also this, this crucial component of, of where does it fall short? What are the gaps? And so I, I think, Perry, when, when so many product, product organizations engage and think about the, the roadmap and the strategy for how they want to continue to evolve what they're working on, there is this deluge of different signals that are coming to them. And so some of that is maybe what the executive team is visualizing, what their strategy they've laid out is. Uh, but equally, there's there's other portions of the organization that have their own views, perhaps what a sales organization wants or what uh, the engineering teams want to do. Perhaps there's, there's really important work that they want to prioritize. And then all of those signals, right, uh, you have to make sense of those and try and figure out which of them matter and right, that's where oftentimes you end up trying to draw different matrices. And of course, there's a myriad of different approaches when you get into product development of how you can go about making decisions uh, with regards to what features to prioritize at what time. But you know, a lot of the problem is that so many of those are qualitative or they're, they're gut-based. And, and that's not to distract from the vision aspects. Um, and sometimes you know, having a really strong vision a really great synthesis around where a product can head, where it where it could untap maybe a new market is important. It's valuable. But also when you have quantitative signals mm-hmm. around what would you be doing, that is a very, very valuable thing itself. When I collaborate with with Brett uh, at Vivin, he he has this incredible quantitative perspective of when we're working with a potential customer, how does our product fit their needs and where might those gaps be? And the, the actual ability for us to sit down and talk about how we're potentially losing because we may not have some features they're looking for and how some of those others are resonating with them, it's this, it's this really awesome signal that comes into a product organization um, and can can really be a very powerful way to actually think through uh, that roadmap and think through which features to to address at particular points in time. I, I feel that the pre-sales function is just so so cross-functional. They're re- representing not only the buyer and what sales needs and what post-sales and customers need, but they're very aligned with our, our vision and competitive landscape. Luckily, in our case, we're really defining this category. So we, we don't have a ton of competition yet, but that's always something that's going to change. And we certainly have a pulse of anything popping up. But really seeing, you know, you met, mentioned Brett Crane, so our VP of pre-sales, as being, you know, one of your primary signals. I, I really see him as having a unique ability to extend the vision of our executive leadership while also bringing in more data points from the field. And in some cases, not changing the vision, but being really strategic in how he leans into it and also comes up with really creative solutions for how we can solve problems now that, okay, if our our vision is we want to do this down the road, but we need a solution today, having, having that ability as a technologist to come up with ideas of partners we can lean on, integrations we can lean on, where we're not going to build the whole thing from scratch, but just having having not only the ability to be the voice of the customer and the buyer, but also having those um, technical skills to actually come up with something that is feasible. For for sure, 
right? That there's so much that our pre-sales team here does. It's not just not just the identification I was describing earlier around what might we do from product perspective, but also to your point, Perry, what can we do in the current state to work around some of those limitations to solution? It's it's true engineering in that sense, right? We're we're literally helping the helping the customers figure out how this particular product can fit into the things that they're doing and the things they want to be doing, uh, and so it's that incredible balance, like you're describing, of simultaneously looking at where the future could be and where some of those pain points are, but also where can the value be realized today and how can we be creative? I think that goes that goes even beyond the actual sales life cycle itself to these to these aspects of how can our product integrate with other products? What are what are we talking about integrations even outside of this sort of that core CRM scope? And so things in the things in the realm of, you know, messaging channels like like Slack and like Zoom or or, you know, PLM tools and the other the, all the other classes of things that are relevant in this space. And our pre-sales professionals, they have a really good vision into how that interconnectivity can work and how it should be working, which is which is really valuable even outside of the context of how our own product might be evolving, but how it actually fits into the landscape being able to really stitch all of those components together into solutions that actually work for customers. Well, I feel like we're getting a little bit theoretical here. So maybe we can kind of just go through tactically what we're doing. And I say we, I'm not on the pre-sales team officially, but I feel like I'm sort of grandfathered in as the pre-sales evangelist and so grateful that we, you know, A, drink our own champagne. So we, we are tracking our own product gaps and customer buyer feedback through Hero by Vivin. And we have regular syncs that I'm included on as the pre-sales evangelist, resident product marketer. Russell, you're in those meetings. Brett's, Brett's entire team is in those meetings on a regular basis. We're actually doing them weekly right now. And I think this is so powerful. And use it at your own discretion, the suggestion to meet regularly to, to all the listeners out there. But I think having that regular sync with your product partner, I mean, ideally someone in product marketing because they're taking the stuff to market and and your field insights. So key people from the pre-sales team is super useful. And how those meetings go for us is um, somewhat variable, but we also have a pretty good process in place. Um, Russell, you, you're a little bit more you know, of a facilitator on those calls. Do you want to kind of share with the listeners how we run them? Of course. One of the things I would share at the top that I think is so true about the perspectives that can sort of join together when product and the pre-sales team, but also to your vital contribution there, Perry, on the marketing side, is is the different perspectives they can bring to that conversation. The importance, I think, of bringing those together regularly, right? Uh, as a product, as a product manager, I meet with our be with our customers, Vivian's customers, but but not every single day, right? That's that's more something I try and target toward maybe a couple times a week. And that's so different from the exposure that our pre-sales team gets, where they are in there with our customers every single day talking about the product. They have this incredible pulse on it. And so when you can get that feedback loop quickly, you know, as as we as we get to how those conversations are internally with us, Perry, it's this wonderful, wonderful sort of check-in to just refresh and go, 
what product gaps are we learning about? Where where has our where have our assessments changed versus where they may have been even a few weeks ago? Because of course, new potential customers come in, and we may learn uh, we may learn new things at a very rapid pace. And so, as an example that I think came up came up recently, Perry, we had a customer who had internationalization needs that we'd never we'd never encountered before, and so. That can be a, a fairly long process to get that implemented within a product, to be able to support you know, multiple date types, to be able to support different languages. And so for us on the product side, to get really early signal of that and to see those gaps and be able to talk about them, it allows us to plan so much better because now I can take that back to our product strategy conversations and get that layered in and it's not going to be a fire drill at all. Right, we have a good sense of of where that's going to land on the customer the customer landscape, and who are the sorts of who are our uh, our champions out there who really need those sorts of features, and then we can orient our own product roadmap around them. And, and you know that's sort of I guess on the feature side, but also it, it goes the other the other way as well. Right, it's a very bilateral conversation where the pre sales team who crucially has to go and defend our product to those customers that they have the latest sense of how we're thinking about the product, the direction we're trying to drive it, and areas we want to emphasize versus not. And, you know, Perry, I, it, that, that comes up a lot from a marketing perspective of how do we want to talk about and how do we want to describe and how do we want to shape uh, particular aspects of the product. And to do that on a regular basis so that we on the product side have this really valuable signal of, Here's what new gaps may be emerging and to be able to plan for those, think about them, iterate and collaborate, but also uh, that other piece of, of really having that smooth interlock of as new product features are coming down, that those aren't met as a surprise, that it doesn't crash demos everywhere, and, and they'd actually have this really seamless interlock. Tactically, okay, we're meeting regularly, we're tracking our product gaps, we are working as a team to organize and prioritize them. And it sounds like a lot of work, but the outcome is so worth it. And that outcome is really alignment. So it's alignment for pre-sales so that they know how and where to stretch the product, you know, when we're not going to go in certain directions in the near term and they need to come up with an interim solution. They're also discovering new use cases, bringing it to your you know, line of sight, so you have a really good pipeline going into your roadmap decisions. And then for me on the product marketing side, I have all of this context around the use cases and how to position what we're bringing to market. And it's not just reading a PRD and then trying to come up with some quippy you know, headlines for it, but I actually really understand the problems that we're trying to solve. And I just, I really love the way that we're doing things here. It's, it's definitely a breath of fresh air than from how I've done it at past companies. I mean, I've always worked with pre-sales because that's where I come from, but it was hard to get their time. It was hard to get their feedback. It just, you know, silos are just a natural thing that happens as companies grow. So I'm really excited that we have this pre-sales product, product marketing interlock built in from the ground up and, you know, super excited to scale it. Russell, you mentioned, um, you know, ultimately the outcome is having brand new features that rock everybody's world. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what you're most excited to ship or, you know, we have some stuff in beta too. That's going to help our customers with their collaborative product and pre-sales relationships. 
and insights, of course. I think the thing that really is so exciting about what we're doing in that space at Vivin is, is on the data science front. And so, of course, I have my own biases there based on my background. And, and so the way I think about uh, a lot of what's coming up, Perry, is, is the exciting, exciting work we're doing in the data science space. And from a Vivin perspective, that is, that is highlighted, encapsulated best by our hero score. Which, which of course is that really powerful technical conscious of the perspective that the pre-sales teams are seeing, looking across the different uh, pieces of data that are captured in our product, captured in Salesforce, and being able to play that back in a way that is that really um, can be brought to other stakeholders and used to understand what may be going on with particular deals, but also can be used by the SEs themselves as they're looking at their looking at what's on their plate and understanding um, what areas might want to focus on or where are things going really well. And uh, I can I can maybe de-emphasize uh, as I'm trying to prioritize my time on a given day. And that hero score is it's it's something that we definitely think of as a continual evolution. Right, where where on our side we're bringing in really great, really great minds to evolve our methodology, evolve our thinking, but also based on the very nature of how we've constructed that system, it evolves through time as our customers use Hero, and so as they as they input that information, it is becoming becoming almost a, a sales engineer that's not a member of the team, but one who is encapsulated within a system, within code, and really becomes that memory of what was successful for particular deals, what was not successful, and not ever losing that, right? Uh, never having that loss that's experienced when a really great team member goes away, that that's just always a part of the system. And so, you know, that Heroes for it's a... Uh, it's already this very interesting feature for us. And we're, we're, of course, planning on continuing to evolve that, iterate on it through time to make it more powerful, um, both in terms of the way it understands how a particular client org is structured, but also the ability it has to make recommendations and to really highlight, um, you know, almost like a GPS, what you can do as a customer. And, and that's, of course, more so on the on perhaps the forecasting side and the operational end, but but also you want to step back in the in a data sense and and really explore what has been going on when you're really in a manager or a leader persona. Um, how can you showcase the value that your organization is able to deliver? And so that's where I know Perry. We're also really excited about what we're doing in the data lake space right now. We have a series of features currently in beta, which we're which we're still iterating on and continuing to improve showcasing back things like the win rate, things like how effective the team is at getting velocity towards a technical win or a closed deal. And these come from right our deep understanding of what indicators matter in the pre-sale space and being able to show those out of the this rich data set we have and expose them in such a way that our customers can drill in on, on those metrics, understand uh, what, how deals were influencing that, 
and ultimately be able to use that insight to make decisions, to come back to the table and go, you know, I, I don't have enough resources. And if we were able to add a few more people to this pre-sales team, we would get, you know, there's a lot more we could do, right? We could potentially drive a lot more revenue to the organization overall. And then likewise, have, have even conversations with individual team members about the ways they can continue to evolve and grow in this emergent field. Uh, this field that's really formalizing and and getting an understanding of what it means to what it means to develop and grow through time, uh, that we can actually also have the tooling to be able to facilitate those conversations. Absolutely, I think our data science really allows these teams to to not only justify a need for more or different, but also to do more with less. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is how. A lot of pre-sales leaders spend a lot of their time chasing down updates on on deals, and you know sometimes it's in Salesforce they can find some some artifacts there or notes, but oftentimes they're having one-on-one conversations with the teams working the opportunity, and that takes up a lot of time. It takes up time away from actually feeding back insights to the product org. Um, so having having some automation and you know, AI-driven system around some of these things that humans don't have to be the ones doing. Uh, we just need to keep some of this, the facts straight, right? And so that's really what, what we're able to relieve the, the pre-sales leaders on in some ways, gives them more time to think about, okay, what do we actually need to be doing next? How can I be a better cross-functional partner and drive the success of their entire company? We want pre-sales leaders and their teams to be able to focus on what they do best. And that's not data entry, right? That's, that, is the, that is the thing that we all have to do to facilitate the process. Um, and so, so much of what we're doing, as, as you're pointing out, Perry, from a data science team perspective is, is how, do we, how do we know what it is was you were likely working on even before you have to actually go and tell us that? And so that we can really lower that friction around data, the data entry portion of the process and make it so it's much more around understanding the context of where you may be at with all of the, all the deals that are in your scope right now and what you should actually be doing. Actually make that a, make that a strategic conversation and uh, you know, that engagement not be one purely around logging information, but actually about thinking deeply about where your deals currently sit and how you can drive those forward and actually generate value for the organization. Because that's what our pre-sales professionals are so great at, right? Is being this critical liaison between sales and the customer and product. And so the, the more time they spend on data entry exercises or or not in those spaces where, Perry, I know we want to see them in, of really driving the evolution of the product, it's, it's a lost opportunity. And we have other, other parts of the product I wanted to talk about, too, that are you know, more, more kind of obviously beneficial to product teams. For example, we not only make the product feedback by our customer requests more data-driven and um, reliable for pre-sales to deliver to product, but we're also providing more of a self-service uh, interface for those product teams. We have lots of product managers who, who use our platform regularly to pull out those insights on their own. So they're not just entirely relying on pre-sales to, to tell me what matters, but they can actually serve themselves. And you know, also, there's always going to be a collaboration there with the pre-sales leadership, but 
because we're quantifying it, because we're using AI to aggregate, analyze, and bubble up the insights that you may not have even found yourself unless you've actually been going through a full qualitative analysis process, which can take weeks or months. So having those those quick insights and um, in real time and, and having them be accessible to uh, not just the pre-sales team where things can get sort of trapped and lost, but having them be actionable to product themselves. Absolutely. When we when we look at you know some of the things that we're doing from a product perspective, Perry, we have we have some really interesting features around clustering, and so we have a, a clustering algorithm that is implemented that looks as people are using Hero by Vivint and logging potential gaps they're seeing on given opportunities or even given accounts. How do we then think about aggregating those things? And what might those be telling a product manager is missing within the context of the product? And so it doesn't become an exercise as a product person of reading long, long lists of data and trying to trying to figure out patterns and assess where the value might be. And I think in so many organizations, when we talk to people, Perry, those lists can be hundreds of items long, thousands even. And so to be able to think about clustering that information and really boiling it down into a set that is easily digestible and that as you as a product person can go in and really understand where that pulse, where that drumbeat of the customer is, it's an incredibly valuable thing. As users of our own product, right? As uh, I think as you put so well, drinkers of our own champagne, right? Um, we get such personal value in that. And then I also see the potential of it, right? Of being able to being able to identify those patterns, being able to collaborate on that effectively and pick out the things that really should be next in the product roadmap. You know, having that integration back into your PLM system is just letting people see the information where they want to see it and take action. That's super helpful. And one other thing I'm really excited about is how we're adding more configurability. So it's, it's one thing to map requests in the product to, to revenue opportunities. That's cool. The fact that we're adding in customizable business logic to weight things like what is the meaning of a nice to have versus a deal breaker. So being able to systematically rank those things or what's the difference when it's a customer request versus um, a net new logo and how many opportunity requests are existing in this deal and how do we want to distribute those? So sure, you know, evenly distributing them isn't hard. There's five pieces of feedback, but only one of them is a deal breaker. Adding in that logic system-wide is going to be consistent, but also map back to your business priorities um, as, a, as a product team who is using this information. Without question. And it's it's one of those things, right, Perry, where, you know, as we were talking just a second ago about, you know, when you're when you're trying to just digest all of that information and, and it's perhaps just large lists or, you know, this big, maybe unstructured set of content, it can be difficult, even if you have some organization or some structure to that, to then actually pull out what matters. And so having metrics like you're like you're describing, which we're which we're currently actually in the process of course of building out our own product, so that you can easily understand to your point if it's a if it's potential new business and this is a deal breaker, that's a that's something we want to weight more heavily perhaps than an existing customer um, who's in a renewal phase. And this is something where, you know, the product's fine for them as it is, um, but they'd really like to have this at some point. Uh, I mean, it's in one of those nice stats, like you, like you mentioned. And so being able to, to actually 
have formulas and heuristics that actually sort through that for you, right? Your actual worker who is who is doing that on your behalf within the product, it's 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 fantastic because then when you actually do have those weekly reviews and you sit down to actually look at the content that's been coming up, it's all there. It's all ready and it really turns to to that really awesome conversation around strategy and not an operational one around trying to organize the data and clean it up so that you can actually actually make decisions from it. Yep. All comes back to better decision making. Thanks so much for joining me today, Russell. I really, really enjoy how we collaborate together and just the, the role the pre-sales team takes in, in all of our processes. It's, we're so lucky. Some final thoughts for the listeners out there. Build a relationship with your product team. Uh, you as pre-sales leaders and teams are, are really the eyes and the ears in the field and have a unique ability to surface what needs to happen in the product uh, from a technologist standpoint. So you're their secret weapon. And when you make products successful, you make yourself successful because you're going to be able to sell more deals, recover revenue that was lost because of a gap and innovate as a company. And the second thought here that I distilled from our conversation is the, the need to use data so that you can do that efficiently and defensibly. Gut feelings, anecdotes are really interesting, but they're not really actionable from a product standpoint. That's, that's not usually how product teams operate. So I think doing those two things, just being the trusted advisor and, and building that up through qualitative reasoning is the best thing you can do as a pre-sales leader. Yeah, it's, uh, those are awesome thoughts, Perry. Data has ne- obviously never been more valuable. And it's so exciting to be able to be able to dig in in this pre-sales space and be able to really bring that quantitative perspective to decision. I love our time we get to spend together from the product marketing and at all of the folks in our pre-sales team. And, and it's, I can't imagine another way to do this and build out a product as a product manager. It's, it's a vital part of the way we we're building out. It's, it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Thanks so much. 